Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, joined by my good friend, the editor and publisher of thespun.com, one of the best sports websites that there is on the Internet. It's in my favorites. I read it every day. It's this guy, the great Matt Halatic. Matt, we have so much to talk about. I want to start. Uh, we're going to start and end with Raiders talk. Um, but the Raiders... When you look at D'Amico Ryans and his success, Dan Campbell and his success, and the Raiders really follow that same vein and hire a you know a Antonio Pierce who had success in his internship, we're beginning to see a wave. And I believe, and I think you do too, because we're old enough, we're not young, that this is really the NFL always works in waves. I remember when the spread offense first came about. And people were saying, you know, you need to ban this from football. It's not football. It's hurting the game. And people are like, relax. The game always adjusts. And then some old guys begin to speak. You obviously don't remember the triple option. Which, I I, no, I know. But I'm saying old guys were saying to the people you had to who had you have to ban the, sure. uh, you know, the spread. You know, well, there was years ago people saying you had to ban the triple option. The NFL goes in waves. I like this wave, giving young former player coaches who bring a different perspective to the game. Um, I like it. Now, you're still going to see the Mike McDaniels is in the in the Dolphins. But, again, he even represents a little bit of a different wave. Sure. But I like this wave of former coaches. Give me your thoughts on this. First of all, do you agree that the NFL operates in waves? And then second of all, what do you think of this one? I do agree because I think you see one type of system having success and you see a lot of people trying to hire coaches with influence from that system, such as, you know, the Shanahan system now. Um, hasn't really worked out for a lot of teams, but you've seen teams try to hire from Bill Belichick's tree over the years. And, you know, it went from with the offensive um 
you know, explosion we've seen in the NFL in recent years, you've seen more offensive coaches get a chance at, at the expense of defensive coordinators or defensive-minded coaches. So the NFL does go in waves, and whatever the next trend is, team takes the league by storm, and then, you know, like you said, it kind of has a way of adapting and, and you know, rolling with it. Uh, as far as, you know, Dan Campbell and D'Amico Ryans, the success they've had has been tremendous, and it looks like – um, at least in the – it looks like with Dan Campbell because he's been there more than one year and he's, you know, had that incremental improvement uh, to from, four, I think, four wins to nine wins now to, to 12 and, and an NFC title game. It looks like he has built something sustainable there in Detroit. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know. He even said, I don't know if we're get back to this point again. NFC title game. It's tough to win in the playoffs, but it looks like they have a, a sustainable program built there. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, I think, was able to come in and he instantly commanded respect. He instantly uh, made a gigantic change uh, on the culture there in Houston. Um, C.J. Stroud uh, was a godsend to have as a rookie quarterback coming in with you as a rookie head coach. So I'm excited to see what they do. I think the potential is there, especially in the division it sort of has a little bit of upheaval um, to be the, the force that division for a while. Turning to the Raiders, you know, obviously you, you you hope that Antonio Pierce instills that culture, continues to do what he did during his, you know, half a season as the interim head coach. Um, you see a guy who has – he's a leader of men the way Dan Campbell is a leader of men, D'Amico Ryan's kind of gets the whole group to buy in and play physical and play hard and, and, you know, sets that tone. That's what you're hoping for. Um, You saw glimpses of it, I think, in the nine games he was coached this year. You hope it carries over. Um, And that's, I think, the the model that the Raiders are going for. I like this young, tough, former player because I think – I think it, the game of football almost was getting too robotic. It's let's legislate everything out of the game. Let's take the physicality. And I think Dan and D'Amico and Antonio have brought back a sense of this is a physical football game. This is physicality. <clears throat> let's bite a kneecap. I love the game, and I was concerned about the game and where it was going. And, and now – I have some hope for the game of football. What about you? I, I do. I think that it is a breath of fresh air, like you said, to see some of these younger guys with personalities and and who, um, you know, that they they paid their dues. It's not like they came from you know off the street. Mm-hmm. They obviously have experience, but they are not the sort of typical. Uh, didn't take their typical route, maybe to become a head coach. Um, or they became they, they sort of accelerated that route from uh, you know when the time their career ended because they're getting the jobs fairly young. I, I think that it's it's a good thing for the game. It's interesting you said robotic. Um, I do think that you know I, I don't have concern about the NFL. The NFL is going to be what it is uh, for in perpetuity. In terms of football itself changing. Yeah, there are some changes. I think you see that, you know, uh, some of the roughing calls, some of the ticky-tack penalties and different things that 
um, you know, can be it's tough to stomach or, or, you know, tough to take at times. So I don't know. I, I, I do agree with the physicality thing too. I think that football at its heart is always going to be a physical game. It's always going to be, you know, if you have guys up front on both sides of the ball, that can move people and make people uncomfortable. You're going to win a lot of games and be in a lot of games. And I think you saw that with the lions on Sunday. I know second half, we all know how that happened, but, the way they came out and punched San Francisco in the mouth the first two quarters uh, and put themselves, you know, San Francisco had to wake up. I mean, that the, the offensive line was moving the, the 49ers defensive line, which has a lot of big name guys on it. Uh, the, the Lions defensive line was getting some pressure on Brock Purdy and making plays. I think that that physicality, that attitude uh, is a good thing. I agree. Now, you said something there that I vehemently disagree with, and we hadn't planned on discussing, but I want to talk to you about. You said the NFL is always going to be the NFL in perpetuity. I disagree with you, and I want to tell you why we can discuss this. I love the NFL, but when you can become so big that then you become your biggest enemy for being successful same way of my country i love america and america's a very strong good country but america's biggest enemy is going to be americans taking it for granted not nurturing it not caring about it not helping it continue to be all that it can be and i think america I would like to believe can operate in in perpetuity if the American people will take care of it. To me, the NFL, same way. I think it's big enough that it can operate in perpetuity, but it's going to have to take people who care for and love the NFL to protect its identity. Because, you know, every time something comes up, well, we need to legislate it out. Let's legislate out the tush push. Jeez, oh, Pete. Who are these people that think you have to legislate everything out? How about defensive coordinators be allowed to come up with a plan on how to stop something? I mean, you you just can't keep creating rules. At some point, it, that's the game. You've got to protect the integrity. It is a physical game. I heard someone say what one time, you know, I can see the NFL in 50 years being a touch league or a flag league. It's not going to be the NFL then. You have to... I'm all for making it safe. I'm all for protecting the players. But at the same time, if it's going to live in perpetuity and it has the ability to, some people are going to have to protect what it is. That's why I like these young coaches. I'll give you a chance to rebut. I understand what you're saying. I, 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 I'm not saying I disagree with your overall point. I think that if you don't kind of preserve some of – the backbone of the game, it becomes diluted. It becomes, you know, it loses some of its luster. Um, and I agree with, that's why I said about, you know, some of the roughing calls we've seen, some of the, the, the ticky-tack penalties. Um, I I also, as you know, as annoying as it is to play against the, to see your team play against the Eagles and see them run that play, I don't think they should be, it should be banned. I, I really don't. I think it's an innovation that they were able to come up with, um, something that they use to their advantage. And, you know, if, if people can't find a way to stop it, we'll see it. 
maybe if they lose some of these linemen like Jason Kelsey and others to retirement, it won't be as effective to the degree that it was. So it might be the game kind of policing itself, like you said. My feelings for the NFL always being the big dog, um, again, if it did go to touch football or something like that, yeah, I think that would be a major blow. But the reason why I feel like the NFL is going to be the big dog is because when I look at the rest of the competition, and I just don't see anything overtaking it. Baseball was the national pastime. It's always going to hold a significant place in America. But the NFL overtook baseball years ago, and I don't see it going back. The NBA has some incredible talent now. Um, and there were some people for a while, a few years ago, saying the, NFL, the NBA might overtake the NFL, you know, has a chance. It's not going to. It's just – it's it doesn't have – it never did – it never was going to overtake the NFL, but it doesn't even have the old rivalries or, or that type of element to it the way you had in the 80s and 90s um, in yeah. the past. Hockey's always been a niche sport. You know how big hockey is in the Midwest, in, in Michigan. Um, even in New York, there's a, a, a fervent hockey base with you know, Rangers. In Vegas, fans. though. And Vegas, yeah, I mean, Vegas is a, an elite team. You have so hockey fans are really passionate, but that's never going to be the number one sport. I don't see the competition there for the NFL. Um, And I I look at it this way, too. If you look at the way the product has gone the last couple of years, at least at the the beginning of the season, there was a lot of sloppy football being played. Now, listen, Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. There's a lot of other great young quarterbacks in the league, fun to watch. Um, but there was a lot of parity that I think came from a, a sloppiness or a kind of everyone's kind of a, a mushy middle of teams in the NFL, which I think kind of hurts the league. But at the same time, the ratings are through the roof. We're still tuning in on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays and sometimes on Saturdays, too, or and even on Black Friday this year. So the, the league – has that built-in advantage. Now, I will I will say this. I agree with you. You can't take that too much for granted because then if the product becomes bastardized too much or if it really is a shell of itself, it'll be an issue. But I don't see the NFLs being challenged by any other professional sports league uh, anytime soon. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's a professional sports league that can overtake it. But you can destroy and rot yourself from the inside out where you just continually cut out your fan base and it just continues to shrink to the point. Then one day you hire some consultant who's only somebody that hasn't done it. Um, uh, You know, I'm not saying all consultants are that way, but you go hire a consultant who hasn't played in the NFL and, you know, and you say to them, gee, what's wrong with our league? Why are we hemorrhaging people? And they start making up things. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got to protect it. You have to protect it. Listen, I'm all for making it as safe as possible. But, like, I've heard players say, we know the risk. We understand at some point, you know, you can make it as safe as you want, and we want it safe. But there is risk that's always going to be involved with the game the way it is. And I think when you start, it's just like you can't legislate morality. Well, you you can't legislate. You can legislate to the point 
where you ruin things. And that's just where I'm I'm concerned about the game. You know, I like, for example, I have tweeted so many times, I hate the call the ref just made, but he made the right call according to the rule. That's my concern. And I'm going to tell you this. Here is the biggest concern I have about the NFL. And I have several. But here's my biggest. There are a lot of people who believe this game is rigged. I don't at all. I'm around it every day. I don't in any way buy into that. I'm not. So I'm telling you right now, I'm not buying that. But there are a lot of people that do. And that's the reality. And when you look at the terrible officiating, when you look at how bad things get, at some point, when all of a sudden Vegas, and I'm not talking about the Raiders, I'm talking about the casinos, say, listen, y'all better get this together or we're going to start taking certain refs, officiating games off the books. Those are things that cut to the heart of the game. And rather than worrying about the stupid, the stupid crap, worry about the integrity of the game. Go fix officiating. I, I did something. As you know, I travel all the time. And I've been doing something where I talk to people and say to them, uh, you know, are you a football fan? I don't tell them what I do if they don't know who I am. And I always ask them, what do you think of the NFL? Do you like it? Do you, do you enjoy it? Do you think it's entertainment? Do you think it's real sport? What do you think? Matt, I'm stunned at the amount of people. So I'm sitting on an airplane the other day and flying to Los Angeles. And I sitting next to an older couple and uh, he's got on a ball cap for a baseball team. And I said to them, uh, I think, I think they were from South Carolina. And I said to the gentleman, I said, are you sports fan? Yeah. I said, do you like the NFL? Nope. You don't. What happened? He says, I was, a, I was a season ticket holder for the Panthers for years I love the game. I love football. I said, well, what happened? He said, it's the WWE now. Rigged. Now, I want to reiterate, I don't believe that. But, Matt, when when it's so bad and the officiating is so bad and they don't seem to really care about it, or it certainly appears certain teams get much more favorable attention than others, that's stuff that cuts to the integrity of the game. Do, do you see that, or do you think I'm completely wrong? No, I see some people who, who uh, you see it on social media. Again, it's tough to measure how widespread the opinion is, right. how, many people really, how many people earnestly believe it, or how many people just say it cynically or, or, or you know, toss it out there. But I do think there are, there are definitely people who feel that the NFL, because, I mean, we saw it in the NBA with the Tim Donahue repping scandal where, you know, the, the NBA influenced how games were officiated. And people still believe it to this day, excuse me, that it was influenced how they were officiated to, so that certain teams win or have a I better totally, chance. I to totally believe that, that there was influences in officiating the NBA. Do you not? No, without a doubt. It's been, I mean, it's been basically, it's proven. I mean, again, now here's the thing. 
the team's players still got to make shots. In the NFL, there's no more – it's the biggest team game. There's so many different things going on in one play. 11 players are involved in every play. And, you know, you can't like, – people think it's scripted or things like that. that that's just foolish. But the, there are people that genuinely do believe that the league wants things influenced a certain way. You saw it – I mean, I saw it on Twitter – um, even before the AFC championship game. And we're talking about a guy, Warren Sharp, who's uh, one of the foremost analytics writers in, in, in the game today. He runs his own Sharp Football Analysis magazine and company website. And he made note of the official, the referee for the AFC championship game, Sean Smith, who has a, Tendence, road teams have a tendency to get to fare better with him or, you know, he went through this entire thread how he is a, a ref that road, it, I don't know if it's intentional, but road teams do bet, uh, fare well, fare better than you think under him when he's refing them in the NFL. Warren Sharp was not suggesting that the NFL was rigging the AFC Championship game. But what he was basically saying is that here's a guy with these numbers, these stats in favor of the road team, about to be the ref in charge of the AFC title game when the bet the team on the road is the best, is the defending Super Bowl champions with the best quarterback. And the storyline of, of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift that we know the NFL loves because it's making them millions of dollars. Do I think the, the Chiefs won the game because it's rigged? No, I don't. I think they won the game because they were the better team. I think that they shut down Lamar Jackson. They shut down the Ravens. I think the Ravens' offensive game plan was kind of all over the place too, but we, that's for a topic for another day. But when you have somebody, kind of a mainstream writer, or people suggesting or looking at referee assignments, because we see this all the time in the NBA in the playoffs, within series, you see it on Twitter, who's – you know, when does Scott Foster get assigned to a game and what's the star's record with him, And you know, as the, the head of official? If you're starting to talk about referee assignments, that's not great for the league. Well, I, I'm going to tell you this. I know in college basketball, college football, and pro football, those are the three sports that I know for a fact because I've had <laughs> coaches tell me this, that they scout. They scout refs. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I I know at one point they tried to, in college, you didn't know who the refs were until a certain amount of time. Well, people knew. And they, they would constantly, and I know one coach that told me, you know, you know, his team would come out to warm up, then go back in the locker room, and he'd say, all right, here's the scouting report on the officials. And but I again I know coaches in college football, college basketball, and pro football that scout the officials, and I don't have a problem with that because human tendency is human tendency. I'm just concerned about the NFL hurting itself. All right, talk about the enormity of the NFL. The college football playoff. Um, we just looked at the number. I think what was it, twenty five million. Something like that, yeah. The championship game got $25 million and everybody raved over it. Huge ratings to the college football championship. It was $47 million 
for the Raiders on Christmas Day, nearly double what the championship was for just a Christmas Day game. And now we know the NFC Championship game was nearly $57 million. The Super Bowl last year was $200 million. I mean, no sports league even remotely competes with an NFL regular season game, and many of them don't even compete with a preseason game. It's phenomenal to me. Let's talk about the enormity of the National Football League. It's To me, it's not just the popularity of football in general. It's the way the NFL has built its brand, and the NFL more so than any other. Actually, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the only, it's the only professional football league only professional sports league that owns a day of the week. Sundays from early September through early February are the property of the NFL. And that people will stop what they're doing, whether it's to watch their favorite team, whether it's to follow fantasy or daily, you know, sports betting or things like that. And it's, it's a ritual on a weekly basis, which is why you see, seemingly innocuous regular season games draw these insane ratings just because of how big of a brand the NFL is. It's it's a wagon. Um, and then when you look at even, and again, I'm talking about owning a day a week, even though the NFL plays on different days now, and, it, you know, it still has that kind of cachet. It, 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 NFL Sundays are. They own whenever they play. Right, they do. I mean, you look at so on Sunday, there was some college basketball on. There were NBA games. There was there, there were different things, but it was Championship Sunday. If you're a sports fan, whether you're a diehard, whether you're a casual, whatever, you had some eyeballs on those two games on Sunday. Forget about the Super Bowl. Everybody watches the Super Bowl or consumes it in some aspect, even if they're not the biggest fans of football. Um, you know, I it's whether it's for the halftime show or the, the pregame, uh, the National Anthem Singers or this year Taylor Swift in the crowd, like there's something for everybody with the Super Bowl. And I just think that the, the NFL, because it is, you know, the even, even the, the playoff games are, one or two days of the week, Saturdays, Sundays, and I guess the one Monday game for the first couple of rounds, the first round, and then it's a divisional round, and then it's championship Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. No other league has that. The NBA finals are played and the playoffs are played throughout the week. They're longer series. Uh, same thing with, with baseball, same thing with hockey. The NFL structure and the way that it has built its brand it's on the present. Yep. Totally agree with you. I got to tell you, Matt, it is fascinating. I'm looking forward to everyone being out here in the desert for the game. And of course, all the media rose all week and all of it. It's fascinating to me to look at the enormity of the sport. Now I want to look at one other part of it. Then we're going to go back with some more Raider talk, but um, I admit 
all the Taylor Swift attention. I saw a meme that said instead of a drinking game, do an eyedrop of Tabasco every time they show Taylor Swift on television. I am of the group. I'm I don't like it. Just gonna be honest. But I love it. So you say, wait a minute, you don't like it, but you love it. Here's why. Um Front Office Sports just did a story mm-hmm. that said Taylor Swift's now participation in the NFL has brought an extra $331 million into the National Football League. All kinds of new eyes, which we've talked about on this show. Um, the amount of people who are now tuning in, I, I'm told, I don't know this I've, I haven't experienced it, but if she wears a a shirt or had a shirt made, that shirt sells out. Um, I don't like it, but if it's bringing fresh and new eyeballs to the game, it's good for the game. As, as annoying as it is, I think anything that brings a new audience to the game is good for it. And, and I talked about the NFL legislating itself out. It's got to be careful about old guys like me saying, get off my lawn, too. <laughs> you got to be open to a new audience, and she certainly has brought it. Your thoughts? Without a doubt. And I am one of the people who I don't – there are a lot of things in the world that I don't understand why they bother people so much. Um, and I understand that maybe you're like, okay, I'm tired of this Taylor Swift storyline, or I'm tired of the – Chiefs in general or whatever, but I don't understand the amount of people that are so annoyed or so angry about it. It's pretty harmless when you think about it. Even if you don't like it or don't or are tired of it, it's pretty harmless in general. And like you said, it's a good thing for the league. I get people are tired of the Chiefs winning. They want to see maybe some different teams in it. But what she's done for the league, it's a huge deal. And I think that, you know, I've seen, you know, it's anecdotal stuff, but you see on on Twitter fans, adult men, whether they're just fans or guys who are in the media talking about how it's opened up their, you know, young younger daughters who were maybe not into the NFL as much. Now they're into it more. And it strengthens that bond they have with their dads. And they it, it – there's opportunities there, like you said, for new sets of eyeballs, new sets of uh, people to become fans. Will it last forever? It might not. You know, these people, you know, some of these pe- people may kind of give it up either when the season's over or give it up if she and Travis Kelsey break up or if even if they stay they together. All won't. Exactly. Or if he's, if he retires after the Super Bowl or something, but they all won't. They'll all, there's going to be at least some type of interest there for some people that will linger, that will say, oh, I enjoyed that. Maybe I'll tune into, you know, instead of I'm not going to watch, you know, every Chiefs game to see Taylor Swift again, but maybe I'll check out a, you know, a, a primetime game or a big game or something like that. And it'll be, uh, you know, a thing that lasts for the NFL. So I think it's been a, a huge uh, a thing for the NFL. Oh, the other thing is, I will say this we, before we get into whatever our next topic is, is I don't believe that the relationship is staged by the NFL. Do I believe no. that 
Do I believe that it was Travis having the connections he does as a celebrity after he talked about being interested in Taylor Swift on his podcast? Maybe some people reached out to her and said, hey, you should look into this guy or whatever. Yeah, I think that happens with probably every celebrity relationship or a lot of them. So I think there was that there were people helping it along the way. But I don't think the NFL came to Taylor Swift in July and said, you should date this dude. So when his team goes to the Super Bowl again, it you know makes a big deal for our league. I 100% agree with that. And what I don't like about it isn't that it's Taylor Swift or that it's right, the Chiefs. Right. I don't want them to show other guys as wives. I'm watching the football. I don't care about it. But I love it because it's brought fresh eyes to the game. I know this. I have nieces that I like, that I love, that are important to me, who have never talked sports with me in my entire life. Never. Who are now, I mean, I, one of my nieces just the other day said to me, Uncle Hondo, do you think that um, uh, Travis Kelsey is as handsome in person when you've seen him as he is on TV? And I go, sweetie, I don't think he's handsome. I'm sorry. I... But at least, <laughs> but you know what? I thought, this is cool. These my nieces are talking to me yeah. about football. So, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. And and I and I, am, I don't like it when the attention's off of the game of football. But I love this. It's brought a fresh audience in. I want to talk about, and again, Got a huge topic to get to with the Raiders in a minute. But last non-Raider topic. Prop bets. These are something that bounced up years ago. Now, I want to fully disclose to the audience. I'm not against playing poker with my buddies or whatever. Um, you know, I think if whether you go spend 50 bucks playing poker with your buddies at a kitchen table or go to a movie or dinner, it's not a moral issue to me. But I, in the interest of full disclosure, I don't bet on sports. I, I don't really bet on anything other than playing cards with my friends, but once a year. But um, because I cover sports and that would be no bueno, no good. It would not, I don't think that's right for people that cover a sport to bet on it. I just don't believe in that. But prop bets first came out. I remember first hearing about them where these people that have to gamble on everything um, bet on, well, the head will be heads or tails. Yeah. And then how long the national anthem goes? I mean, the immense, and I've heard so many. So I get a call yesterday from a female relative who says to me, Hey, you got a minute? I said, sure. What's up? Can I ask you a really dumb question? I said, okay. I'm thinking about placing a bet on the Super Bowl. I said, well, good for you. I said, I didn't even know you were a football fan. Well, I'm really not. Oh, okay. What are you betting for? Well, whether or not Travis Kelsey will propose to Taylor Swift on the field after the game. What is this world coming to, Matt Holetic? Talk me off the line. And that's exactly what I told him. I have no clue. I, I don't even care. I didn't know that they've been dating that long to get engaged. I had no clue. I thought this just happened recently. But whatever. I don't know. I have no idea. 
Matt, what's this world coming to? Well, like you said, you can bet on anything with the with the NFL with Super Bowl prop bets. Obviously, the two most popular, longstanding ones have always been the coin toss and the national anthem over under. But you know, you can bet on what the Gatorade is going to be, what color Gatorade gets dumped on the head coach, the winning head coach. You can bet on um, the first song that the halftime performer will play. Uh, there's like, you know, so this year it's Usher. You'll probably have five or six options of Usher songs or something like that with different odds attached to them, and you can bet on which one you think he'll play first. Um you can bet on – I know in the past there's been instances of, you know, say a player has – say a player has over under receiving yards of 48 and a half or something like that. You can bet on what will be greater on that day. That player's receiving yards or the combined points, rebounds, and assists – of an NBA star playing that day, a LeBron James, a Giannis Antetokounmpo, somebody like that that puts up big stats. You can bet on first touchdown scorers. You can bet on – there's so many different ways that you can get involved in prop betting uh, for the Super Bowl, which – and I'm not a, a big – I'm not a better really either. I'm not somebody that goes and puts in parlays or does different things like that and is, you know, betting on a – weekly basis on the NFL. But I do think that if you are going to lay down some bets on the Super Bowl, the prop bets make things kind of fun because they make things a little bit interesting outside of necessarily the nitty gritty of who's covering the spread. Is the over-under going to hit, you know, things like that. Fascinating to me, Matt. And, I, and to get a call from a relative. Yeah. As if, wow. as if you might have some inside info there on, on Travis and Taylor. Yeah. All right. Go to the Raiders. The Super Bowl is in their house. Kansas City and San Francisco, two of their biggest rivals <laughs> in the game. You know this is going to drive Antonio Pierce crazy, and I am telling you it is already stoked the fire in Raider Nation. There are, man, I, I said to you when I took this job and came out to Vegas, this is probably the only NFL job I would have taken. I maybe would have considered one other one, but probably the only NFL job I would have taken that would have moved me from Michigan. But these people take the college approach to it, I love it. And I'm telling you, Matt, it is nuts. And 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 I don't blame him for being upset. You know, I mean, we saw Rooney from the Steelers come out and say, okay, enough's enough. We got to win some playoff games here. I these fans, how torturous. I mean, it would almost be like the game if the game was in East Rutherford. And you're a giant fan, and you so you're watching the Jets and the Cowboys. I I know that that would not, you you know what I mean. Just, oh, you're no, too big. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Talk talk. I want you to talk to Raider Nation. Help, help them off the ledge here a little bit, Halatic, because I'm telling you they're upset about it, and I, I can't blame. Them. No, I, I hear you. You know, I mean, as a Giants fan, probably the closest thing we had was a few years ago with Eagles and, and Patriots because. Um, the Eagles are 
hated rival and and nobody really was rooted. Nobody wanted to root for New England at that point because they were, you know, the dynasty of the NFL, even though the Giants had beaten them in Super Bowls. Um, but here's what's funny. I forgot. Um, it just, it's just one of those things I didn't even think of. Obviously, you know, I know the Raiders and Chiefs rivalry is one of the longest standing in the NFL going back to the AFL days. And I know that Raiders fans still hate the Chiefs. I forgot about the Raiders and Niners rivalry because of the Bay Area, because the Raiders were in Oakland for so long. And, you know, and even after they moved to L.A. for a little bit, you know, after the Raiders won their last t- title, the Niners went out and won a few more in the 80s. They were a team in the 80s. And there was all this, you know, kind of tension and animosity building there. So I've completely that I didn't even register until. I saw people tweeting about it as the game was about to end on Sunday night. So I think it's a it's I think it serves two purposes for the the Raiders. Gives you a little bit of motivation, I think, for the fans to say we got to get back, you know, or the players we got to get here, we got to get here and, and give our fans something, and the fans are got to be really even hungrier to see some, you know, success on that level. But I also think it makes you. It's man, it's tough to stomach for that week out there. If you live in the Vegas Henderson area out there, because you're gonna have fans of two fan bases that you can't stand there for the whole time celebrating, getting ready to watch their teams play in the biggest spectacle and the biggest game in the NFL on your team's home field. Yeah, I was told yesterday that there could be as many as a half a million people north that are going to be there with no tickets that are going to be there on the strip partying for the super bowl both teams it's going to be a wild 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 time i'm looking forward to it i i enjoy the super bowls i enjoy getting to go i'm looking forward to usher on the halftime show i think he's going to be pretty good but it's going to be a, it's going to be a great time matt i'll tell you it's an interesting time in raider nation and uh, a lot of good stuff happening i think with antonio pierce he has injected the franchise with I, I've I've called it Viagra for the soul. Mm. That that swag that you know I don't oh look at somebody in the I don't have them right here but somebody in the organization uh, sent me a pair of all black Air Force Air ones. Force ones. Now, I saw the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't go over good because I was wearing my white socks. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you oh, got to wear black socks, one. Yeah, well, Shannon came on the podcast the next day and said, I got him black socks. Because <laughs> I got crushed. But anyways, um, it's just he has invigorated the franchise. He has brought it. And, and let, me, let me just ask you your opinion. Tom Telesco. Um, his hands were tied by an owner and an owner and an ownership family. And the Chargers was there a long time. Um, he was a Bill Polian disciple, which clearly, you know, the respect I have for Bill Polian. Many people believe Bill Polian on the on the wall of great general managers is on the Mount Rushmore of the NFL. Um, I thought his opening press conference, Matt, was tremendous. I the way he handled it, the way he talked about Antonio Pierce, about needing to sit down with the staff and learn. Um, the players by talking to the coaches and about going to get him the players he needs. 
I think there was a lot of people in the building disappointed Champ Kelly didn't get it. I think there were a lot of people in the fans disappointed Champ Kelly didn't get it. I think there were a lot of people disappointed Ed Dodds didn't get it. But at the end of the day, Mark Davis made the call. I don't think he's ever made a decision, even though I think he's made some wrong decisions. I don't think he's ever made a decision that he didn't have what he thought was the best interest of the Raiders in mind. I think he cares a lot more than a lot of other owners. And I'm going to give him all of that respect. But in the end, I think Telesco, you know, has time to prove himself. But at this point, I, I think um, a lot of people giving him the benefit of the doubt. What did you think about Telesco? I thought it was a hire that, like I said last week, it surprised me a little from the outside because I was thinking that it was a package deal with Champ Kelly and Antonio Pierce. But, you know, I think that it's intriguing because it gives you that element of experience to have alongside a guy who's never been a full-time head coach before. Gives you somebody who knows not only the lay of the land as a general manager, but the lay, in the lay of the land as a GM of a team in your division. Um, so he's familiar with their structure, their personnel. Not that it won't change with Harbaugh. I'm sure it will. But he's familiar also with your structure, your personnel from an outside perspective. Um, brings that institutional knowledge of working with other executives uh, and general managers around the league. So I think that there's something there that that, that, that could, it could be a pairing that works uh, with Antonio Pierce. I, on paper, I see even though it surprised me a little, I see where the Raiders were going for. Yeah. Last subject I want to talk about, we've been talking about it a lot lately, but there's a lot of people that want to see the Raiders go up and trade to get a quarterback. Excuse me. And their, their feeling is, you know, you can only get one at the top. Well, then you're mortgaging your future, hoping you're right. Now, we know in 2011 they changed, they changed the salary structure, so it's cheaper to go get a quarterback. But I mentioned Jim Sargent in USA Today who talked about 60% of – this is his writing – 60% of first-round quarterbacks uh, were not the long-term answer for their team since 1991 or maybe 90, 99. I think it was 99. You know that you end up with fifty percent, over fifty percent of first-round quarterbacks are essentially a bust. To me, the answer isn't to move up to get a quarterback just to say you moved up to get a quarterback because there's been a ton of failures. You only move because you're mortgaging the team's future and their today. And let's face it: if you move up and make a big trade, and you're wrong and you don't hit on an Mr. Irrelevant like Purdy, you're not going to be in the job long. You're mortgaging your job. I Now, if they go through the process and they find out, hey, this is our next Kenny Stabler, then I think you, it doesn't matter what the price is if it's a franchise quarterback, within reason. But if you're not 100% sure, you got to sit still, don't you? I agree. I think, and listen, even if you're 100% sure about it, a prospect that you want, it's not 100% guaranteed it's going to work out. But you have to, if you're going to move up, it has to be for somebody you have absolute conviction over that you believe is going to be a stud for you and be a long-term answer. I, I'm a, 
I, there are some people that say, um, you know, you should draft the quarterback almost every draft until you hit on one. Mm -hmm. it, it's an interesting strategy. It's a, it's, it's an interesting strategy. You can debate the merits of it. But my concern is if you are taking a quarterback just to take one and you're reaching for one, that ends up being a complete waste of a pick. Like, and the picks it took to move up. Right. It's, I, I'm just talking about if you have a high pick to begin with. Right. Forget about moving up. You're moving up. You can't move up unless you're absolutely sure this is the guy you want. Well, mm -hmm. if it doesn't work out, then you look even worse. But you have to move up thinking that this is the guy that I, I, I want. This is the guy we want. This is our face of the franchise. Because it, I, I just don't believe – I don't believe in taking a quarterback unless you have really belief in him to be the next guy that you think you can make him. Because, I, and here's an example I know I, I like in a lot of things back to the Giants because it's a team I'm a fan of, a team out here in New York. But a lot of fans want to move on from Daniel Jones, and I'm ready to move on from Daniel Jones. But at six, if they don't have a guy that they want to take at six, you got to think, okay, how do we want to handle this? Because just taking a quarterback that, at six that you don't love, then you end up with a, you might end up with another Daniel Jones situation in a few years. You know, you have to make sure that if you're taking a guy, it's somebody that you really feel strongly about and you think is going to be the future. I'm going to quickly tell you this. I I continue to hear. A lot of pumping of the brakes on Caleb Williams, not in the media, but among NFL people. It's fascinating to me, Matt. It is. And listen, we're three months out from the draft. Um, senior Bowl is this week. The, the the combine's coming up next. And we know how things change and people move up and, and things go up and down the ladder. I mean, a few years ago at this time, nobody thought that Baker Mayfield was going to be the number one overall pick. Um, we've seen – quarterbacks that we didn't think were going to be first round guys move into the first round after strong draft seasons or after, you know, some different things happen. So this is silly season. This is when all the rumors start. This is when, you know, teams start to move around. It's going to be fun to watch. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it unfolds. I agree. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. That's Matt Halatic from thespun.com. I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. Now, to all of you in the San Antonio area, I'll be in San Antonio on Tuesday, the 20th of February. You can check out my social media to, to find out where. Join us for a meet and greet. We'd love to see you all there. Thanks for joining us today. Again, thank you, Matt. Always a pleasure. Always a good time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider Production on the Fans First Sports Network. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.